and welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Frank, and today I am joined by Dr. Theo Hatsipetros, the Director of Pharmacology at ALS-TVI. Our topic today is CMAP. Recently, Theo gave a talk about CMAP at our annual Leadership Summit. This was the first time ALS-TVI had presented data about CMAP. So welcome, Theo, and can you tell us what is CMAP? Thank you, Frank, for having me on the podcast. CMAP stands for Compound Muscle Action Potential. It's a technique that is commonly used uh, by neurologists to both uh, diagnose neuromuscular diseases and also to monitor their rate of progression. So CMAP is a nerve conduction study. You might be familiar with another technique commonly used in the world of ALS, EMG, which is another electrodiagnostic uh, technique that is more muscle-based. And uh, what CMAP does is to uh, measure how healthy a a nerve is, essentially. Um, So when did you start using CMAP at ALS-TDI? About a year ago, we, last January, we brought in the equipment. Uh, It's a machine called the electromyograph. Uh, We followed that with a series of training that happened in uh, February. We spent most of the spring training ourselves. And also, uh, I forgot to mention that we apply CMAP on mice at ALSTDI and not patients. So we had to adapt the technique uh, that is used in people to mice and see how our mice uh, looked to characterize the progression of the disease in mice using CMAP. And and finally, in the summer, we started uh, doing drug screening studies using the technique. So after you adapted the technique to mice, what is the process to administer CMAP to mice? It took us about uh, three months to develop a solid protocol on how to administer CMAP to mice. I'll try and explain how it's done. I'm not going to go in uh, a lot of detail. It's a minimally invasive technique, which means that uh, we have to anesthetize the mouse during the administration of CMAP. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes per mice. Once the mouse is anesthetized, we insert microelectrodes barely under their skin. We shave their backs and we insert two stimulated electrodes five millimeters under the skin. We use those to stimulate the sciatic nerve. And then using a recording electrode, we measure uh, voltage at one of the muscles that they innervate. In our case, the tibialis anterior muscle, which is uh, one of the calf muscles in humans. What do the changes in the voltage you are measuring indicate? 
So the voltage we get in the muscle correlates very well with how well innervated the muscle is, or if you will, the number of axons within the nerve or the health, how healthy the nerve is. The more the axons, the higher the amplitude and uh, the less number of the axons, the lower the amplitude. Uh, which is what typically happens in ALS. The, as the disease progresses, the number of axons decreases and thus the amplitude decreases. Another thing that we can measure is the latency or the time it takes between the electrical stimulation and the muscle contraction. And that has to do more with the myelination of the axon or how well insulated the axon is. How is CMAP helpful in mice research? At ALS-TDI, we use uh, the SOD1 animal mouse of ALS. And we use a method that we developed internally called NeuroScore to measure the disease progression uh, in these mice. These mice are born with a mutated gene. We know that uh, this disease uh, are sick at birth, they express the mutant gene, and there are histological changes that happen as early as age day 30. But we don't actually see definitive proof of presence of the disease until they become paralyzed around age 90 to 100. Using our NeuroScore system, this is a score of two. So they spent their first three months of their life without any symptoms of the disease. If there are no disease symptoms, uh, when you do drug testing, you have nothing to fix. So you have no way to ascertain whether a drug works or not. And we're hoping to get uh, an early indication of whether a drug works. CMAP detects uh, disease-induced changes as early as 50 days of age. At 50 days of age, SOD1 mice have lower CMAP value than wild-type controls. And uh, CMAP values continue to decrease with age as the disease progresses. Thus, now that we have deficits, disease-induced deficits, we can potentially measure whether a drug can rescue these deficits or not, or whether it can make CMAP values higher and uh, the mice better. Additionally, uh, CMAP values at 50 days of age correlate very well with disease onset uh, and survival. So now, by performing a single test at age day 50, can tell us the approximate date that this mouse will present with a disease and how long it will approximately live. So this is the advantage that uh, CMAP offers. Why is being able to detect the disease in mice earlier so helpful in your research? Drug screening in animals takes a long time. Uh, to give you an idea, to test a single compound uh, involves a series of tests in animals that can take the best part of a year, about eight months. 
we usually don't get an answer on whether a drug works or not until almost the, towards the end of the study. Uh, having a way to get uh, hints on efficacy earlier will be very beneficial for us because um, it will help us prioritize which drugs to start in to test in survival efficacy studies. And uh, it can potentially um, conserve animals if we know that a drug does not work, for example, versus one that does, we will opt to test the one that does work or the one that gives us a beneficial CMAP result. So this is how CMAP helps in our drug screening program. Uh, what is the advantage of CMAP compared to existing techniques like NeuroScore? The main advantage is uh, the one that we touched on already. Uh, it, it shows changes much earlier than NeuroScore does. In our initial experiments, we can detect uh, deficits in uh, CMAP as early as 50 days of age while using the existing phenotypic scoring system. We don't see definitive uh, changes until age day 90. It's also better quantifiable uh, than NeuroScore. NeuroScore is a categorical way of scoring. The mice can only receive one of four scores, zero to four, while CMAP uh, is a much, much more wider spectrum. Imagine uh, uh, a highway 100 miles long, the CMOP score or where a mouse is on that highway can happen anywhere anywhere from mile zero to mile 100. While using the, the NeuroScore system, it can only be in one of three resting spots. Rest, rest stop one, two, and three, assuming zero is the beginning and four is the end. Um, it's also more objective. It doesn't rely on uh, opinion of experimenters. Once you place the electrodes in the right position, the machine pops up the voltage. And uh, finally, we don't have to look at the mice every day to determine the disease progression. We can't. We, we, of course, will look at the mice to determine their overall health, but we can administer the test once every two weeks and we'll see how they get progressed that way. Um, are there any disadvantages for CMAP compared to NeuroScore? I would say that uh, the upfront costs are a significant advantage. The equipment itself uh, costs about $20,000 while NeuroScore is entirely free. It only needs a pair of eyes. It's, uh, it requires some training uh, because CMAP is made up of many components. Uh, you need to be able, you need to know anatomy. You need to be able to anesthetize the mouse. The interface between the software 
and the electrodes needs to be learned. So the, the training curve is a little bit longer than uh, than NeuroScore. To become good in NeuroScore, I should say, it takes a long time. But to learn the basic way of using it is more lengthy than NeuroScore. It's also more invasive. So the, the mouse needs to be uh, anesthetized and we puncture it. It doesn't cause any harm. We have tested this up, up front before we actually started using it. We ran a, a trial, a survival efficacy study, where half of the animals received the procedure every two weeks and the other half did not receive uh, CMAP at all. And we found out that the disease progression was identical. So we know that the animals are not affected by it at all, but nevertheless, it is uh, uh, invasive. And uh, finally, the time per animal is more. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes to test a single animal. While with NeuroSchool, it only took uh, a minute. But like I said earlier, this is also an advantage because we don't have to do it every day. We can do it every every two weeks. So overall, it, it's uh, it evens out the, the time commitment. And besides um, the uses you've described, do you see any other potential uses for CMAP? Definitely. So in, in addition uh, to using CMAP to determine drug efficacy, we could potentially use CMAP to towards detecting deficits in a different animal model of ALS, different mouse model where there, there are no phenotypic symptoms of ALS. For example, a few years back, we used to have a TDP43 mouse model, which even though we postpartum determined that there was axonal loss, the mouse died of other causes before um, neuromuscular disease uh, appeared. Had we known about CMAP then, uh, or, or uh, if we had CMAP then, we could have possibly detected this axonal degeneration. Sorry, I, I didn't like my spelling. Can we do this again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Start from the question again. Yeah. You can, if you don't, just doesn't make a difference to me, but you don't have to go all the way back to the question. You can just go back a couple sentences too if you want, whatever you want to do. It's up to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, for example, a few years back, we had a TB, TDP43 animal award. For example, a few years back, we had a TDP43 animal model, which, uh, exhibited axonal degeneration, we determined that post-mortem, but unfortunately this mouse died of other causes before uh, there were phenotypic signs of neurodegeneration. Had we known about CMAP back then, we could have detected uh, these uh, loss of axons early and possibly even test uh, drugs in this particular mouse model. So to summarize, I, I see CMAP being useful in the characterization of other models of ALS, especially the asymptomatic ones.
we'll leave it there for today. Thank you all for listening, and thank you, Theo, for joining us here. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback on the Endpoints podcast, please email us at endpoints at ALS.net.